Welcome to part two of Bears, Birds, and Brews, a podcast about the Chicago sports, Atlanta Falcons, and beer. Uh, Aaron. Hello. How's it going? I'd still, I'm doing great now. I yeah. mean, we, that, that time, that, that break that we spent at the Oasis Good Time Emporium was amazing. So I appreciate halftime. you guys. Absolutely did some halftime there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so dark subject matter, right? Yes. This is, our, uh, this is actually our first sequel episode and our first sequel beer. So I'm honored, guys. Thank you. Yeah, we're honored. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you to Monday Night. Thank you to you, and thank you to us for drinking this. I guess yes. I, I mean, good yeah. luck. I mean, this is our twelve percent imperial stout that we made. So, twelve uh, percent ABV. This is uh, basically like drinking six Bud Lights. Flash, and we have two more beers left to go after. Exactly, this so we're good. So, this is yeah, the one. Totally these are the good. ones that get me in trouble because you just forget how much alcohol is in them. And you just have them, and then all of a sudden you have a couple more, and then you. Well, fall we have a chair. midnight cutoff time, and we got plenty of time. Good, yep. we got good. We're good to so go. So wait, let's Definitely. give it a test first. Neither is this sessionable. This is not sessionable. Definitely not. But it is podcast sessionable. It is podcast sessionable. Oh, Aaron, what do you think? It's gotten boozy on. It's gotten boozy on me. Everyone's taking their sips. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. to hear your thoughts, guys. So this is the second time we're having this. Mm-hmm. So, good to be reacquainted. Hello, <laughs> dark subject matter, my old friend. Yes, yes exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, so this one again. Um, you can really taste the roastiness of it, the roastiness of the chocolate malt. Um, it's it's a classic, old school imperial stout with the mouthfeel, really thick mouthfeel to it. Yep. But that booziness <laughs> is also there too because it's twelve percent ABV. So, so I was going to ask you, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is a different batch than the one I got. The one that I got originally was what two weeks ago, two yeah. and a half weeks ago. Um, that one I felt like had a coffee flair to it. Okay, and and that might be. Did you have it on draft? No, 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 we got a can of it. Okay, and I think it. I think um, daily again. Daily, you're the man. <laughs> this started with daily. Yes, big um, shoutouts. He he gave us the last can in one of the last batches he had. Okay, uh, this is the same batch, um, okay. but sometimes again, this is brewed. Uh, let me see. I'll look at this real quick. This is brewed about. Yeah, about a month ago. Okay. So sometimes, again, when you when you let beer sit, it'll change it'll change its perception of things. Yeah. So for me, it's again, it's a little bit rest, less roasty and coffee to it, mm-hmm. and a little bit more boozy, which right. is fine. Well, but it's it, again, it changes a little bit. It's a living yeah. object. So. Well, well, this one I, I agree with you com- completely. So maybe it is that because the last last one we had was mm-hmm. a little more coffee ish to me. And we've got and we've got actually a brand new batch coming. Uh, so we'll have some more coming out here in the next uh, couple of weeks or so too. So stay tuned for that. Um, is it fair to say that no two beers are the same, even though they're the same beers? Yeah, and I mean, it's it's. I think no two batches um, are the same, Perfect. really. Okay. And I think that that's the case. Uh, you know, it, it's people who are craft beer fans like to make fun of Bud Bud Light Coors, you know, the big macro mm-hmm. breweries. But to be honest, they do a phenomenal job making sure that their beer is consistent across the board. So no matter what beer you have from any of their multitudes of breweries across the country, it tastes the same. Yeah. It may not taste like much, may not be your fan, but to be honest, I mean, to have a Bud Light taste the same in Boston in Atlanta as it does in Seattle is a a major accomplishment. It's incredibly difficult to do. So, you know, with craft, we get a little bit of a leeway. Um, We get to kind of experiment a little bit more. And so... Things can be a little bit different uh, between the things, but there has to be again some some pretty good consistency. But it's it's an incredibly difficult job to to make that happen. So, yeah, and again, it, it depends on the on the on the, the 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 freshness of it as well too. So, a beer that you drank that's a two days old could be completely different when you drink it six months from now. And yeah. So people will age beer sometimes, um, you know, and the super beer nerds will do that. I do. Uh, what I usually try and do is I like to to drink a beer 
now, like when it's fresh. Yeah. Let it sit for about six months and then let it sit for about a year and just kind of see how that progresses. And it's interesting how things change and how taste will change too in the beer. Is there is there any beers that are easier to like hold on to? Like there's some that should be like you have it right away and that's that, right? Yes. You can't really age it. Um, usually uh, the higher the ABV is, the easier it will age. Okay. Uh, barley wines are a classic example of that. Uh, mm-hmm. They will sit for a while and they will actually get a little bit better with age. They'll get more toffee and they'll kind of get more uh, molasses-y notes to it big stouts will do the same thing also sours uh, sours again are wild organisms and depending on what kind of yeast and what kind of, uh, of, of bacteria that's in it yeah they will certainly change up the flavor as well so um, if you're starting up a collection to, to age your beers I would start with barley wines big heavy stouts and and sour beers uh, those will usually do the best when it comes to aging not IPAs. Okay. Not do IPAs. not age IPAs. Please okay. do not do that. <laughs> do, so I, I, I've done that by accident before. It's like I, just the other day I was like, oh, this has been in my fridge for about a year. I forgot all about it, that one. Even if nice. you do have one of those crazy triple 12, I don't know if you can have a triple. Well, they, they sell you triples, but I don't know if you can have a triple, but like a 12% triple IPA. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, the hops uh, really there's there's a phenomenon I don't know the name of it exactly, but the hops will start to taste like cardboard um, after oh, a while. So you want to drink your hops as fresh as possible so ipas consume as soon as possible Mm -hmm. and your stouts and sours are the ones that are worth storing off yeah i mean you yeah you usually want to drink beer from when the brewmaster tells you to drink it but if you're going to store some yeah the higher abv stouts barley wines and the sours you're going to go ahead and you can keep those and you can you can get a little bit of leeway too if you keep it in the fridge for a little while so you know most people will not tell an ipa that's a week old versus three months old. But mm-hmm. once you start getting into like that four or five, six month territory, it starts to fall off. Okay. And, and sorry, just, just one more oh, ahead, follow up on store. <laughs> so when you store it, you recommend leaving it out or putting it, make sure it's in a fridge or stored in a cool environment. Yeah. I mean, personally, I mean, if you're, if you're lucky enough to have like a wine cellar type of a thing yeah, where yeah. it's uh, cooler temperatures, I believe like in the fifties, you can store it there. Personally, yeah. I don't have that. I have, three kids i don't have a room for a cellar so say your priority exactly so i keep mine in the fridge and, and okay. usually they're fine yeah nice so i would keep it in a crib you know but totally dude dude is. the kids go to sleep so fast just give them a little bit of that dark subject matter put it on their side no i would never do that sorry if you're listening to facts no that's not true speaking of a dark subject matter mm-hmm. there is apparently a cool story behind the name yeah actually so the interesting thing is that we've brewed this imperial stout and we actually wanted to put this in a barrel yeah we wanted to barrel age this thing and that's what we wanted to do um and so we were trying to but we we tasted it and it was so good out of the the bright tank out of the out of the pure before we put it in the barrels we're like you know what we got to release this yeah and so we wanted to release that and we just wanted to try and find out what a good just a good name is and mm-hmm. we go through a bunch of iterations so um we talked off the off the air that uh i'm terrible at naming naming beers and i know <laughs> okay no by terrible you mean epic yeah okay i'm terribly epic at naming beers but my boss is fantastic <laughs> at it and so what they do is is he and the brewmaster kind of sit around and just kind of drink the beer and just kind of shoot the stuff back and forth and try and figure out what it is yeah we're having the hardest time with this beer because frankly every beer name has been taken I mean, if you look on Untapped, if you go through that, <laughs> one of our things we do is we come up with a great name, and then we go on Untapped, search for it, and we're like, "Oh crap! Some brewery in Omaha has it." It's like, oh, "We got we to find something else." Always Omaha. Oh, it's Omaha, man! It's either always. Omaha or Poughkeepsie. It's the other two that get you every time. It's, it's always steaks and beer names. That's right. It's That's all right. they produce. So, 
yeah. So, <laughs> so we were fine. We actually, amazingly, we we actually came up with this, and nobody had it. So we jumped on it pretty quickly. We originally had um, on the font. We actually had the, the Stranger Things uh, kind of font. Yeah. Going on with that. Okay. And I had just come off watching season two of Stranger Things and I totally dug it. But uh our artist uh was was did a great great job and, and changed it up and, and did some good stuff with it. So I will also like to mention too for our black tie series, all of our artwork is done by local Atlanta artists. Oh wow. Yeah, so that's amazing. Who did this one? Uh it's a it's a lady named A Destroy. Uh she actually goes by that on the on the on Instagram. So A Destroy on Instagram. So she did dark subject matter. Uh, we have another lady called Sam Marcus who did Fistful of Cake and Current Events. Okay. So uh, yeah, so Sam dot Marcus on the on Instagram as well, on there too. So we try and yeah, we try and persuade local artists as much as possible. Uh, Eric Nine is his name. Uh, he did Slam Dunk for us. Uh, that was we a had great one. Before yeah. in the previous yeah. show. So. So yeah, we've got uh, a bunch of local artists that we kind of work with, and we just want to promote local artists, and they've got a ton of great ideas. Well, and and real quick on that note, um, even though talking about the artwork of the cans was not necessarily planned, but since we're talking about naming mm-hmm. now, um, uh, Black Cat Tips did the all yes, y'all parallel. Yes, big fan of his work. That drink, that beer itself is awesome. The cans are amazing. Mm-hmm. The artwork, I think that's one thing about your cans that really set themselves apart is in addition to the names it's just like it's so like you have the tie but then it's how can you make how many different ways can you make a tie look different or yes. unique and you guys do a great job at that thank you and, and it's 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 hard because you know there are seven thousand breweries across the country right now wow. uh, and still growing and what we've what we've seen is we've kind of hit a peak growth strategy so if you go into hop city if you go into greens or tower or some of the big package stores around the area You'll see, you know, a ton of beer, and yeah. I know what I'm looking for. And yeah. it still takes me a half an hour to 45 minutes in those places to try and figure out what I want. Yeah, and my wife hates it when I go there because I always spend like 150 dollars on beer. And <laughs> <laughs> like, you work at a brewery, you can you shouldn't have spent Whoops. that money. I'm like, it's research, honey. I'm sorry, yeah. it's research. Always uh, R and D, R and D. Exactly. So we wanted to really come up with. Oops, sorry. We wanted to come up with a brand image on our cans where people can automatically look at it and see, okay, that's a Monday night beer. Yeah. And that's the hard part. You're standing out on the shelves and standing out in the bars is by saying, okay, the ties stand out. So we can say if like you're at a at a bottle shop, you know that those cans are ours. Or if you're at yeah. a bar and you're behind the and you see all the taps handles, that tie is Monday night. So I yeah, like exactly. That. And that's what you. That's really kind of the trick is to is to see how you can get you can make a notice in that space because it's so crowded and it's so hard to get noticed these days because everyone's doing crazy stuff. I'm not going to lie. The drafty kill is something that I see all the time at concerts. Right. And oh, I, great. See, yeah. I see the tie over there and I'm like, I'll just take Monday night mm-hmm. and I don't even need to know what kind of Monday night it is. I just know like it's easy. I can get my point across. And I know that I might be taking a uh, gamble because I don't know which one it is, but I know it's Monday night. So can't you go can wrong. trust it. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate exactly. that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, we, we've worked really hard in trying to make a name for ourselves for really good, consistent beer and doing it across the board. You know, there's, there's a lot of breweries that can make one or two great beers yeah. and we all know what they are. There's a, there's a lot of breweries that can make one or two different, st- one or two different styles that are really good. Like they make IPAs like crazy and they make amazing IPAs, but the rest of the stuff is okay. You know, I, I like to think that Monday Night's one of the few breweries across the country that can make a wide breadth of different styles of beer very well and approachable to a lot of different people. I think that's something we hang our hat on. I think 
this episode itself is a testament to that because we had five or six different beers on this episode with a couple more left to go. So like, I mean, yeah. I'm wrecked right now, guys. Yeah, oh, sweet. <laughs> My job is complete, um, and they've all they've all been delicious. Like, not you. one has been a letdown. Thank yet. you. So speaking of your job, mm-hmm. um, what does your day to day look like? Okay, so I wake up at six in the, six in the morning. Um, I crack my first beer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Before brushing your teeth. Oh, I got to brush the yeah, exactly. Brushing yeah. teeth first. I actually brush my teeth with uh, with uh, a bottle of Jack, as uh, the lovely Kesha would say. Um, but uh, there you go. no, so I, you know, I, I work kind of weird hours. So my, my wife works at uh, works for a large uh, publication or a large media group, and so she works at four o'clock in the morning. Oh wow! Yeah, that's her job. It's <laughs> it's lovely. So my job in the morning is take care of the kids. So I have three kids. Uh, one along with your first beer. Along with my first beer, exactly. So so fifteen, <laughs> seven, and five. So I, I, my job is, is cut out for me. And so I spend the morning taking care of my girls and my boy, getting them off to school and getting them what they need. So I usually get in about 1030 or so. Yeah. Um, my first job usually after I get my first cup of coffee is to make sure that nothing's blown up on social media. So of course, checking <laughs> like Facebook. cans. Yes. Getting crazy. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, all that kind of stuff. Just making sure that everything is, is, is kosher and we're good to go. If there's any messages I need to respond, all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, so I just want to ask yeah, you one question. How crazy does Reddit get for you? Just because I know Reddit, it's really, one, it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> Two, a lot of the traders are just like crazy on Reddit. Yeah, I don't touch the traders, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, it's it's a it's a great legal area for us. And to be an employee of a brewery, to be involved with that, it's just something I don't want to touch. So I didn't ask that so, question. <laughs> you have no idea. So, yeah. Quick question, though, is traders, for those of us who don't beer, use Reddit. Uh, beer traders, I'm sorry. Pe- people who trade beer yes. with other places. Got not a, not okay. T-R-A-I-T-O-R-S. We will make them walk the plank. But for people who <laughs> trade, no, that's it. Got so, it. yeah, there's, there's, there's a very robust uh, situation where people you know, will trade beer. So if you've got, hey, I've got... I'm not in a big dark subject matter, you know, but you're in Seattle, you can't get it. I'll trade you this for this and all this kind of stuff. It's so like Pokemon with beer. Yeah. That sounds awesome. It's 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 a very interesting kind of subgenre because I think us and as 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 men especially, we like to collect things. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean when I was a kid, I collected so many baseball cards, I don't even want to think about them. I spent so much money on it, but it's like <laughs> we like to collect worth something. Like, yeah. right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is yes. No, no. Um, and, and you always think what's yours is worth more than anyone else thinks. Exactly, and mm-hmm. it's it's a similar thing. It's like a lot of people like it's the FOMO. It's that people don't want want what they don't have. Yeah, and so you know, there people like want to trade and go back and forth, and that's really cool. But, you know, there's also a subgenre of people who like want to get the most out of it. So say, mm-hmm. yeah, so I want this, and it's like you know, it's worth. $75, whatever. And it's like, you, you paid 10 bucks for it, dude. It's like, just, no. It's like, yeah. if if and when I would ever do a trader or kind of go back and forth people, it's like, I want you to enjoy the beer that I'm giving you. I don't want to make a profit from it. You right. know, it's like, I'm giving you this beer to share and enjoy, you know, in return. I got something that I never had before. That's cool. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, I don't, maybe it's again, me being a little older, but it's like, I don't understand why people would be so hardcore about it. It's things. like a quid pro quo versus a capitalism. Exactly. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's beer is meant for sharing. Beer is meant for having fun, hanging out with friends, old and new, and just trying new things. And, um, you know, to make it something that it's not, it, it's... Disrespecting the it, art, right? A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Nah, we get it. We get it, um, of course. Another question on the social media front mm-hmm. is, how closely do you monitor untapped? Very closely. Okay. My, my brewmaster, Peter, Peter Kiley, uh, follows it even more than I do. He was the one. Uh, that, he'll, he'll call me and he'll say, "This one only has a 4.2," and I'm like, "I don't know what to do." It's 
<laughs> so like, it's like this one, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't know what to do about it. And I'm like, yeah. So yes, we we do, and, and it's it's mm-hmm. Untap is good, uh, but you also have to kind of be smart about it. It's very similar to Yelp reviews. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of have to 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 be able to read between the lines. Of course. You know, and if you're getting a lot of people who are enjoying your beer. And making them four, four and a half, five stars, that's great. You know, you always have to – but it's always that one person that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, you know? <laughs> always. It's that one person who is like – who rates you one star because they tried the IPA, but it, they hate bitter beer, so they're only rating it one star. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Like, yeah. like, You're not a fan of IPAs. My, my, Why are you drinking Yeah, my, my favorite one is when I first started, this guy – He had we had a sour. I think it was Dr. Robot. We had the sour. So good. Great. Such a great I love beer. that beer. Yes. It's a good, super crushable summertime beer, but he was like, you know – I hate sours. One star. I'm like, it says sour on the can, dude. I'm like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, so, so we actually we were small. We actually took a screenshot and we say, okay, now we found out that our sour beer is, is sour. So next time we can figure it out how to make a non sour, not beer non sour. Let me know. Or sour beer non sour. Let me know. It's like okay, whatever. Dude. Check out the IPAs. Check out the stouts. Check exactly. out anything, anything else, else that we right? have. Yes. You, you know, and that's my thing. It's like you know, now that I'm actually in the industry, I don't use Untapped for ratings anymore. I kind of use it as, as a check in. I don't rate beers anymore. Right. Right, um, but you know, it's like if you don't like a style of beer, just don't rate it. It's like it's fine. It's like yeah, you know, it's like uh, still try it because exactly. you may learn to like it because everyone's taste is always evolving. Absolutely, but it's like I, I even before it's like I would never give someone below a three stars unless it was an infected beer, unless I knew there was something wrong with it. Because I'm yeah, like, dude, this guy's trying. These people are, are working hard. I'm like, I'm not gonna crap on their product. Because I personally didn't like it, I'm like I'm not going to do that. And the so. fact that they have a product says a lot about like their commitment and their willingness to do it. And so that's something that should be. Everyone's praised. working hard. I think everyone, yeah. you know, look, you don't get in the you don't get in the beer industry to make a lot of money. The best way to make a lot of money in a beer industry, or the, the best way to make a little bit of money in the beer industry, is to invest a lot of money into it. I mean, it's it's you know, you're talking a six seven figure investment investment into opening a brewery. And just think about how many $4 pints of beer you have to sell to recoup that investment. Yeah, exactly. Plus rent, <laughs> plus labor, plus all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's not something you get into because you want to make a ton of money. It's something you get into because you love it. And the people that are that are in it, you know, like I said, there's, there's very few people who are jerks in this industry. They're usually super nice people who want to share their product with you. And you always want to reciprocate, you know. It's like Absolutely. it's it's, it's – and, and share your knowledge. People are super open, you know. We, we've been able to, to, to go into some of the best breweries in the country – come in and we basically pick their brain you know our brewmaster and our brewers will come in to you know we recently visited cascade brewing out in oregon and make some of the best sour beer in the world and they were just oops that's my wife sorry hold on <laughs> sorry um no worries turn it i should have put that on on, on my no, no, we, no, no that's happening we love the authenticity like, yes yeah. but um <laughs> you know it's it's it, but we were able to kind of kind of pick their brain about certain things about how they run their barrel program you know how they make some of their sours and how they blend their sours and it's great learning experience for all of us and yeah. everyone's open about it like no one no one like has the trade secrets they guard closely <laughs> can't it's the secret to coca-cola you cannot see yeah, it. right? it's terrible you know yeah. everyone's like yeah that's how we do it you know it's honestly like, i think the most imp- like the biggest thing i've learned like joining the podcast um i think is a beer takes a lot of time and effort like you don't realize it yeah. and you you see a can you're like you know oh this is something really quick and simple and easy like everything mm-hmm. else you know you enjoy um but there's it takes a ton of time and brew like like you know you let it sit for time and ages and then like 
You know, mm-hmm. something you work on six months ago, you don't get to enjoy till like months yeah. later. Right? And, and honestly, we've got beers that have been they're going to be sitting for two or three years before you can win and enjoy them. Um, and that's, that's crazy. That's so cool. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Cool. We've got thing in it, the I don't know if you saw when you went to the garage. This thing called the Crunk Ship, which was that big metal vessel like that. Yes. That you when you walked in, it's called a it's it's called a cool ship, and it's a traditional Belgian version of fermenting beer. And what it does is we basically put the wort, which is the 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 sugar water, which is the water the the, the beer before we put the yeast in. Mm-hmm. We'll put that in that big vat open up the vents and it lets all the wild yeast and bacteria and all the little bugs that we've got growing on in atlanta onto the beer and that's what's going to ferment it it's not going to be anything we actually inoculate and it takes a lot of time but it creates its own different unique taste so because everything every place is different we have something unique here in atlanta <laughs> that's different than anyone else so we're going <laughs> to sit on it for a couple years yeah and hopefully it tastes good you know, we, we won't waste it. Hopefully we won't waste it, but uh, but we, we'll do it once a year and we kind of blend it all and it just becomes its own little unique thing. So, yeah. you know, some beers take 15 days to ferment. Others take two or three years. It just so, depends on what it is. Uh, speaking of Cool Ship, uh, I know another place around the world is Cool Shipping as well, named mm-hmm. in Belgium. You have a good story about that, right? I'm sorry, say that again? A, a good story about that, right, in Belgium? In Belgium, absolutely. So... <laughs> My my boss uh, Joel Iverson he's the he's the chief operating officer he he falls into the best luck I've ever seen of, of anybody in my entire life so we b- bought a new canning system uh, brand new canning system super expensive like I said it's 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 a lot of money getting the brewing business but yeah um, it was in Italy so we bought it we bought it from from a company in Italy they flew my boss Joel um, Peter our brewmaster and uh, and our, uh, our production manager flew to England. To hang out with the Cloudwater guys because again they kind of wanted to look, to look and see what was going on there. Visited with them, then they flew from England to Brussels, and then their flight from Brussels to Naples was canceled. So they had an overnight stay in Brussels, and that was during happened to be during the time that Belgium won their World Cup. I believe it was round of sixteen match. And so the entire yeah. city was going crazy. And, and I believe Belgium was a big underdog in that match. Belgium well. was a massive underdog. Yes, and they won that game, and just people were out in the streets partying, going crazy. And so the guys, that, the, my guys were like, what do we do? It's like we're, our, our, <laughs> our flight's canceled. It's not going to be for another eight hours. You know, Should we get a hotel room, whatever? And the, and the taxi driver was like, you know, if I were you, I'd just stay out all night. And that's what they did. <laughs> and they happened to go to a beer bar. The, the, the taxi driver took them to a beer bar. And Cantillon is one of probably the world's best beer producers. They make some of the best sour beers in the, in the, in the world. And uh, Jean Van Roy is the brewmaster there, and they happen to be going to the same brewery as Jean Van Roy did. So oh, wow. Basically got their flight canceled, which is the <laughs> worst thing in the world to happen, but then Absolutely. they were able to party in Belgium and Brussels all night long with one of the best brewers in the, well, in the absolute world. And so. also, it's after a World Cup winning, right? So exactly. I remember complete opposite scenario. I was, I was in London when England came third, that that tournament and they were they were a favorite so every weekend before that every game they won the city would go nuts Mm -hmm. and then the day they came in third place and lost their game it was like a mausoleum (laughs) (laughs) it was it was the city with the i mean and i lived in like the heart of london so the city was quiet there was no one rolling around everyone was like depressed and at home and drinking by themselves in the rooms, <laughs> right? Uh, so had had they not Brussels not had won, that would have been a completely different environment. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's just like I said. I'm like he just looks into things all the time, so he was able to do that <laughs> party. But it was funny; just they took pictures um, when they were at when I actually got to Italy. 
and doing the candlelight, they just looked like they were dead. It's just, just, <laughs> I bet. you know, I, I mean, Belgium can get crazy. I mm-hmm. was there as well, like um, a few months back and like Cantillon is amazing. The, like the stuff they're doing over there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like you have to like the style or at least be open to the style, but the style, what they're doing with it. And it is interesting, though, too, because Europe, of course, has been kind of the traditional center of, of beer in the world. And, you know, when I was growing up, I'm in my 40s, so I'm, I'm, I'm older than you guys. But uh, I worked at a beer bar when I was in college. And uh, back in the day, I mean, we had 30 taps and all but maybe five of them were from Europe. So it was like we had Newcastle, we had Guinness, and we had you yeah. know, all these other things that are now we take for granted. But back in the day, like that was a big deal if you had all these beers. And St. Adams is like the big one. It's like, oh my gosh, you got St. Adams on tap. That's like huge. But nowadays it's completely reversed. It's like, right. you know, if you have 30 taps, maybe two or three of them are from Europe or someplace else. It's it's everything is, is American now yeah. because that's where the innovation is coming from now. And a lot of folks in Europe are trying to to, to compete with that. You know, Stone just opened up a brewery in Berlin. Um, you know, there are a lot of other breweries that are, you know, you go to you go to England, you'll go to, to Italy. They're brewing IPAs and they're brewing, trying to brew hoppy stuff. You yeah, know? it's 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 my wife's family's from Taiwan. It's like there's some places brewing like IPAs in Taiwan. It's like it's it's just you know it's kind of everyone's taking that American model and just try, really trying to make it their own. I do like how they call IPAs in other countries. They call them IPAs. 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 <laughs> well, it's, it's also funny, right? It's it's IPA Indian Pale Ale. Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. become an American. It has Staple, exactly, right? and, it, like, and it's, it's just become an excuse to and, and it's it to to experiment, you know, because back in the day. It used to be just a complete hot bomb where it's like how bitter and how piney and how resinous you could get it, you know, and it's and I still dig that style. But nowadays, everything has changed. So, you know, you get the Northeast style IPA that's a lot more juicy and flavorful and you get the hazy IPA and you've got lots of different styles within that that has become really a, a playground for a lot of brewers out there to, to really kind of have fun and enjoy it. And it's popular. IPA is the most popular style. Yeah. So, you know, we'll get some people sometimes on social media. It was like, you guys brew too many IPAs. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what people That's what buying. everybody wants to drink. And so we have this crazy thing called a business where we like to stay in business. So we like to actually <laughs> brew what people like. So, yeah. Uh, so I think there's kind of a detour, but so you start your day. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. We completely got off Oh, track. yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> no worries. That's no worries. what we were talking about. That's yes. right. So he goes to Belgium. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's just it depends on what the day is so you know a lot of the times i'll be i do a lot of coordinating uh so you know i'll be working with folks who are taking pictures um i'm not the greatest photographer but i can get the job done so i'll be do, taking photography pictures of, of beers that are in, are in the tank or people brewing posting on social media doing a lot of planning so the the beers that you see the labels and all that kind of stuff all of that has to have government approval from the federal and state government. So I make sure that that is all taken care of. And when you brew a hundred beers, that can be pretty daunting sometimes. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. You know, you've got to make sure that that's done. So I basically do a lot. Most of what is happening once the liquid is brewed and put in a can from what happens from there to actually when it hits the shelves is kind of what I'm almost in charge that's, of. So that's the your labeling, job. the logos, you know, public relations, I ship off a lot of beer to people who are influencers or bloggers and those types of things, you know, just a lot of things that need to be done, a lot of graphics and fun with Photoshop and Adobe uh, so you're sweet busy. products. Absolutely. I, yeah, <laughs> I am. I don't, I don't, I would, as much as I would love to like sit around and just kind of wax poetic and talk to, to people like you all day long. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, this is a rare treat for me. So it's a lot of fun to do. So I, it's also an honor. It, to it's have a rare treat for us. Yeah, so. right. Oh guys. I mean, seriously, I mean, if it's, if it's an honor for you, you guys need to get out more. I'm saying just, no, <laughs> no, <not laughs> we're thing. working on it. Thank you. No, we're having, but fun. It's, it's, it's great. Absolutely. It's absolutely great. Um, nice. So then 
let's uh let's go let's talk about the future of monday night mm-hmm. brewing what does that look like? Sure. Real quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So recently, uh, we expanded into Tennessee. So right now, we, we currently uh, uh, distribute in three states, uh, Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee. So, nice. we, so we should definitely share with our friends in Tennessee. Do that. It's uh, Nashville. And we just expanded into Memphis. So we're across the entire state now. Awesome. Um, it's it's funny because we get a lot of requests, you know, come to South Carolina, come to Florida, and all those kind of things. And it's, it's, it's great. We'd love to do that. But the further away that we get from our product, the less control we have over our beer. Absolutely. So, you know, and also cool, we, we lose kind of the local factor. You know, it's once you get, say, we start distributing in Texas, for example, like what makes us unique in Texas? When yeah. we're an Atlanta brewery, we have no local connection to them. So yeah. it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to kind of expand further than what we're doing right now. Well, and I'm sure you'd appreciate this too. Like, I'm when I travel, I always ask my bartender, my waitress, whoever, my waiter, like I want something local, what's local yeah. that I can order. So if Monday night is on a menu in Texas, that's great. I'll take a picture. I'll talk about it. I'll share it with our group or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm still probably going to get something local, at least to start the night. Yeah. And, right? and, and as the night goes on, then who knows? Yeah. And, and people want to have that local connection. You know, I mean, you want to say, hey, I'm Atlanta. I'm from ATL. I want to drink a beer here from Atlanta, from Georgia, and that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, I'm from Texas. I want to drink a Texas beer. I could care less about a beer in Atlanta. You know, and, and that's and, and, and very few breweries now are going to be able to expand that far. Like, for example, what Sweetwater has done. Um, you know, a lot of the future for for beer is going to be local and regional. You know, I wouldn't necessarily see us expanding much further than the southeast, for example. But it can always go the other way as well, because you can see like a beer nerd be like, "Oh wow, they have Monday night here," mm-hmm. and like you're in Texas, and you don't you don't even think of that. Yeah. And yeah. one thing that we that we do do um, is that we do pour at events across the country. So I was like I said, I was up in Boston in January. Uh, we were in Oregon, and when we do those types of things, you know, we will send up another pallet of our beer to distribute across like bottle shops in that area. So nice, you know, we're up in Boston. So, okay. We, we just sent up also, you know, a, a, a few cases of our Han Brolo and some of our don't call Atlanta. And so local beer <laughs> nerds can kind of sample that yeah. and be it on the shelf, but it's only a one time thing for them. You know? Gotcha. Right. Just, so it kind of exposes our brand to them and it lets folks, you know, in different parts of the country kind of taste our beer and enjoy it too. And then gives them a reason to come visit Atlanta, right? Exactly, sure. exactly. Yeah. And we want to make our name known. I mean, Atlanta is such a fantastic tourism town. So many people come down here for conventions, sporting events, what have you. You know, we want people to say, oh, yeah, I know Monday night. When I'm in Atlanta, I'm definitely going to hit up that hit up that brewery. And check Absolutely. Go to the garage. If you're listening to this and you're not from Atlanta, or even if you are from Atlanta and you haven't been to the garage, been, yeah. go to the garage Thank you. ASAP. I love I mean, it's just such yeah. a great place to be. It's and a it's, fun, fun environment. It is. And and you know, we, we like to pride ourselves in not necessarily being a fun environment like a bar where, you know, young single dudes like you can hang out and you know oh, yeah. meet all the hot chicks. <laughs> I, I love oh. how you just presumed I was single, but it's cool. I, no, I, think I, I, I didn't see a ring, ring. I didn't see a ring on it. No, there's exactly. no ring. There's definitely no ring. See, there on you it. go. Uh, so, but but you know, but it, but it's also a place for people that are, have families. You know, yeah. it's like we're dog friendly. Come and hang out. The, the only thing that I dislike about this entire situation is the fact that this came out of our buddy's bachelor party, mm-hmm. and now he will hold that over our heads. Oh, it's for the remainder thing. of time. Okay. Yeah. Literally the only downside, but gotcha. it's okay. We that's still, we still okay. like the guy. It, it kind of worked out. So. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> no, no. So that's, so that's what we kind of like to do. Uh, you know, my dad brewing, it's like, we want to stay as local as possible. We want to be Atlanta's. We want to be Georgia's brewery, but we also want to make sure that we're 
spreading the love uh, for <laughs> our beer man. for you know across the southeast but we don't want to get too big for our britches we've seen a lot of cautionary tales over the past few years about breweries that have really kind of overexpanded yeah and now they're either contracting or going out of business uh, green flash is one of them uh, they they've really had to contract their business um, there's another one in Oregon uh, that is uh, actually just going out of business and they've been around for years because they just expanded way too far and so uh, it's it's you know we want to and, and it's great that we've got good leadership that understands this we want to work so we want to be able to 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 to, to, to brew to capacity and give the people as much as we want but we don't want to overcommit ourselves right and be yeah. sitting on six seven figures worth of equipment that's running empty you yeah, know, which is great because sure we love that. having you guys around. I, I yeah, love, Monday I love, be, I overall. love working here. So I'm glad <laughs> yeah. that we're doing that. Yes, for exactly. sure. Um, well, I'll just to close that mm-hmm. thought. I would say like a lot of people, like I do stand up, I do writing actually. Okay. And so a lot of people don't recognize that like this is a business at the end of the day. Sports yeah. entertainment is a business. The NFL is a business. Brewing is a business. Yes, it's a great product. It's a great service. It's entertaining. But at the end of the day. It's a business. Yeah. And that's what you guys have to think about first and foremost. Exactly. You know, and any type of entertainment business like what we do is 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 uh, something that you got to learn about. You know, I always talk about this, um, and it, I thought it, found it funny. It's, uh, you know, UGA football. You know, when Josh Fields transferred to Ohio State, he got the 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 waiver to to play immediately right and a lot of people are angry about that but i'm like it's a business i mean this is a business for this guy it's yeah. like he i understand why you'd be kind of angry about it but if you're able to work the system to make sure that you're in the best position to make the most money you can in the next couple of years you do that and so there's a loyalty to a lot of things but at the end of the day we got to make money. We got to set ourselves in the best position to make money, you know, as, as it is because we have to support ourselves and our families. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So um, we did have a one question. So, yes. In terms of like the beer, like uh, mm-hmm. naming wise. So, what goes into that? Like, we it's, got a uh, big softy over here that we just cracked a <laughs> moment ago. Well, we just cracked. Uh, and big softy is a what? It's it uh, is a hazy uh, wheat pale ale. So it's a hazy pale ale, fairly low ABV. I'm thinking about. I think it's like five point one, five point two. Um, Five point two. So sessionable. So session. It's it's close <laughs> enough to be sessionable. Yeah, I yeah I'm gonna call it that. this right uh, here. Yeah, you can you can you can play with it. But uh, <laughs> but again, we added a wheat to it, so it affects the mouth feel. It has a very soft mouth feel to it, <laughs> and <laughs> we like to use a lot of wordplay for our naming. So yeah. you know, for big softy. I mean, obviously, it's got a soft mouth feel for it. We we like to kind of use that as well. So um, Han Brolo. Uh, That's my favorite name of y'all so far. It is very chewy beer. <laughs> Get that? Yeah. Chewy? Chewy? I can't do it. I can't do the voice. I can't uh, Yeah. So it, we have no, there's no resemblance to any uh, any product uh, out there, the, the living or dead. Um, you know, current events, for example, what we're doing. So we just took a, a, we took current events with an E, just changed it with an A because it's a black current ale that we use as well so you know like i said a lot of wordplay makes people think makes people kind of chuckle a little bit you know um we want to take ourselves seriously for the liquid inside of it we don't want to take ourselves too seriously about what's outside of it the label and stuff we want people to have fun and it's also reflective sorry on the can design Mm -hmm. and how you guys present everything like it's very it's fun to look at like you know i'm looking at fistful of cake right now and there's a a pink bow tie with polka dots and a literally a fist full of cake like. yes I mean, and we want people to have fun with it you know and enjoy it um you know dark subject matter was kind of a diversion for us because it's kind of 
dark. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and if you saw, you know, our garage labels, uh, AJ DeWitt does our garage labels, and it's all um, a watercolor uh, artwork that she does originally. And I like to call it, it's, it's like a kick-ass fairy tale. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a, they're kind of whimsical creatures, but they're also kind of, uh, have a little bit of, of a dark side to them too. They're just, it's, it's kind of, you can kind of see a story uh, in each one of the labels. And uh, of course, what matters most is the, is the beer that's inside it. But in today's competitive environment, you know, just like wine labels, you know, a lot of people pick wine from the label, right. but you've got to have great liquid inside of it to make sure that they come back to you. So absolutely, you know, we want to draw the eye and we want to draw your attention to what's outside of the beer. But then once you taste the beer, you're saying, oh, my God, this it, is great. I want some more. It's like judging a book by the cover, but actually reading the book. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which is something we rarely do on this show. <laughs> I've, actually, read, I've read many books by, I mean, I've drank many beers. There you yes. go. Yes. <laughs> That's very important to do. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, as we're closing up right now, um, events. You know, Any events coming up at the garage for you guys? Sure. Uh, yeah, we've actually got a couple of them coming up. Uh, we've got a, um, a, a Goza that's coming out uh, on March 29th. Uh, Goza is is a German-style ale. Uh, it actually is a sour ale, but uh, it's got a little bit of salt into it. So it was, it was brewed in, uh, originally brewed in Leipzig, Germany, and the water table in Leipzig has some salt into it. So uh, it's uh, actually Slushy Fun, which is a, um, a lime, cherry lime, aid, Goza. So Ooh. think of the cherry limeades that you get at your favorite uh, drive-in uh, uh, fast food restaurant. Like Sonic. Maybe, you know, perhaps. Maybe. Um, like and, the hedgehog? <laughs> exactly. Of course the hedgehog. And, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then turn that into a, to a, to a good 5% uh, beer. Okay. Uh, we're going to put that out on the 29th. Nice. Uh, that's going to be going out, going out as well. Looking um, forward to that. Table of Contents uh, is coming out in the garage on the 16th, which is a Brett beer, which is uh, made with Brett Britannomyces. We fermented that in red wine barrels. Oh, and it's a four point five percent table beer, so uh, it's brewed to basically be a really good beer to pair with a lot of different types of food as well. So, okay, uh, kind of a little bit sophisticated, you know. And again, um, we like to do a lot of things with our garage beers where you may want to substitute that beer for a wine, for example. So, if you had a really good steak dinner, hanging out with that, use our Brett table beer instead of a glass of wine. Well, I'll say I'm a wine drinker. I do enjoy. I love mm -hmm. Pinot Noir. Okay. And, but I'm totally going to be on the lookout for this beer. Absolutely. Look for that, and then look out for another beer we have called Venology. It's, uh, we basically took a sour beer, 4.5% sour beer, and then put uh, Syrah Grape Must into mm. it. Ooh. So we aged that as well. So it's got a really nice combination. It's got the very good winey characteristics that's effervescent. So uh, if you're a wine guy, uh, definitely check for that. So, nice. We may right. try to feature some of these on our shows in the yeah, upcoming uh, weeks. Our brewmaster, Peter Kiley, actually, uh, he's from here, but he actually was uh, got his start winemaking. Oh, oh wow. okay. Yeah, so he was a winemaker out in California for several years. Wow. And the cool thing is, is actually he got some of the barrels that he filled with wine out in California. They're now at the garage, and he's making beer out of them. So is, that's what's in the right when you walk in past the bar on the left. Correct. So we're actually fermenting those, and, and we tell people not to open up the door because there's a lot of wild and sour right. yeast, and they're kind of doing their thing. <laughs> um, no, no, I mean, like further down. Um, yes. Working their magic. Exactly. So we've got actually in, in the first one, as soon as you walk in, you see the cool ship, and then there's two doors that's right across from the bar. That's where our sour program is. So we, our sour barrels are in there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so those kind of are kept sequestered from everyone else because wild yeast can really mess you up right. if you don't do it correctly. Yeah. And then way further back where the private event space is is where our, our barrel aging program is for our big dark stout. So our uh, tequila, bourbon, scotch ales uh, are, are fermenting nicely on those too. So awesome. kind of two different paces for it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? 
You guys are awesome. Uh, I had a fantastic time here. I am super honored to be your only two-part series so far. And you guys (laughs) are welcome at the garage. And anytime you guys need me back on the show, I'd love to do it. We'll be there. So then the last thing. What are you doing tomorrow? Right. Well, maybe. Okay. I've got to call my wife. On social media, where can people find Monday Night and ah, Interact? Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Monday Night Brewing uh, on Instagram. Actually, Monday Night on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Monday Night Garage as well on Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, then okay. also Monday Night Brewing on Facebook as well. Perfect. You can follow me at Beer Guy Aaron. I'm on Twitter and Instagram mostly. And once in a while, I'm on Facebook. So if you like to post, see pictures of a beer and my kids, then please follow me on that one. So. Kids are adorable, absolutely they adorable. Are. I am following them right now. I appreciate now, so that. It's all my not wife. for the kids, more for the beer. But you know, it's you know a nice what? I'm glad plus. for that actually. So it's a nice <laughs> <plus>. <laughs> um, also, bottles. Monday night is also really fun. Follow. Uh, they do launch everything there, so it's always good to be in the know how. So actually, one last question before we do wrap up: When we were doing dark subject matter and mm-hmm. we wore our ties, was that you messing with us? Yes, that was me. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes us feel so much better. Whenever whenever you're on social media and you're doing something, I will be the one who messes with you. It'll be either right. me, me or Jonathan Baker, but uh, but again, he's he's a chief marketing officer, but he saves his snark usually for Sweetwater. Okay. He <laughs> likes to go ahead and just poke fun at Sweetwater. <laughs> so that's always fun. That is awesome. Yes, definitely. All right. Uh, thank you so much at Bears, Birds, and Brews and at Monday Night. And at Beer Guy Aaron. And at Beer Guy Aaron. I mean, you got to give him a shout out, dude. That's an right. awesome follow. Thanks, guys. There we go. Thank you, guys. Have a good one.